Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Okay. Hello, darling. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the So good to be here. So good to be here. This is new for us because we are not in the same location and we've never done a podcast remotely. And I'm looking at Freya right now, who's in California, and I am in Hawaii. Both amazing places to be. They are both amazing places to be. And I'm super excited about our topic today, which is something really practical that felt really alive for for me and for us. Um, because we're both in these infinite relationships. We've been going, you know, since the beginning of the year, basically, um, both with ourselves and each other and with our beloveds. And yet we talk to lots of people who really resonate with infinite relating, but they're in a relationship that's been happening for a while. And they're like, oh, I love what you're talking about, but I can't do that because I have a partner already, (laughs) or I've been married for 10 years. (laughs) You know, that just sovereignty sounds great. But like, how do you do that when you've been, you know, you have kids and you have the mortgage and you're already in it, you know, you're already in the more typical and traditional relationship. Um, Or we talk to people who are like, I want a relationship with someone new, but how do I talk to my partner about infinite relating? Like, how do you get started? So we wanted to do something kind of practical this time. Yeah, yeah. Because I I mean, I admit, like, I feel like this has, this has been more accessible, maybe for me or for both of us, because we were in the beginning of new relationships, like we came up with infinite relating as our way to start new relationships. And when you're in an existing relationship with patterns are a little bit you know from old patterning or old um, rules that you had it can be a little bit more daunting to get into this and to start to how do I start this with my partner without making them feel threatened or like something's wrong and I, I think there are ways to do it I think the great thing is the the tenants the principles of infant relating are what will help you get get start that conversation with your beloveds totally yes yeah so we're super stoked to share <laughs> to share these um as usual, we got on the phone before we started recording and had an amazing conversation. <laughs> we always do when we make tea at my house. Um, but I was drinking cacao instead <laughs> on this in this surrounded <laughs> by ferns. <laughs> Pretty freaking nice. Um, so yeah, let's get going, huh? And start start with what we what we think are three ways that you can apply infinite relating to a relationship you already have or to um, a new relationship that you don't have yet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so the first one that we brainstormed together that I absolutely love and feel like is so probably the foundation that that we use with each other, because, you know, as you all know, if you've been listening to the podcast for long, we we require each other, Freya and I, to have successful relationships. We do Fre- frequent check ins. Very frequent check-ins. We tell each other everything. Um, without Freya, I would not be where I am today. And I know, you know, she talked. You talk about feeling the same. And so the thing that Absolutely. I remember from the very beginning, from the very beginning, like the first month of infinite relating, and I was like, Freya, eventually, once infinite relating, you know, if it takes off in the world, which it's doing, which is freaking awesome, and people resonate <laughs> yes. with this, the only thing that we are going to like we are going to get paid, you know, or be, you know, re- like, um, however you want to say that, like be hired to tell people 
to bring the focus back to themselves. That's literally all we're gonna do. Every single time, every single time. Cornerstone and infinite relating and what we do with each other when we have these SOS calls, like I'm (laughs) freaking out, I'm anxious, I don't know what to do. I mean, 99% of the time, the thing we remind each other is to actually bring the focus back to ourselves you know, anytime that anything is going on. So that's, that's the very first of the three, you know, moves or techniques that we want to talk about today. Um, To me, that is top, that is the top one and how it relates to sovereignty, but just in a very concrete way, anytime anything is going on with, with my partner in my current relationship, no matter how long it's been, whether it's brand new or whether it's decades in the making, to start the process of shifting my focus away from them towards me. Yes. Yeah. And it's the, cause it's, we, as soon as we feel something in our bodies, our storyteller just like runs, you know, mm-hmm. so we can tell all kinds of stories and then as we start to come and then we get solution focused. And so much of that is in caretaking the other person. And then we lose what that essential piece is that like, that brought us our initial experience. So it's just free, like, and this is the con- phone call we keep having with each other. We're yeah. running our stories, we're freaking out, <laughs> we're anxious, we're trying to manage it and fix it all yep. and do damage control. And we we forget the most essential thing. It's like, what is your experience right now? What what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What What is going on in your body? And what yeah. is it telling you? And how do you, how do you take care of that? What do I want and need? Before, before I ever look across the aisle, at my yes. partner what do I want and need yes yes and it's and, and I feel like it's it is more challenging the longer we're together the more we get enmeshed the more we start to kind of know what to expect from our partner or what we think how we think they're going to react how we think we're going to feel mm-hmm. and we get more confident in those and the thing is both of us are constantly evolving people are humans so it's I I don't even know what I like future Freya wants or needs. So how could I ever guess that for my, my partner? So I think the most essential thing is come back to my experience and speak from that and share with them. And, and that, I think it's such a service to myself and everybody I relate to. Yeah, no, it really is. And for me, the, I want to talk about what this might look like sort of in, in concrete terms. And I think yes, why it's so important for me is that, um, when I am externalized away from myself and out into my partner, when I'm trying to predict what he might want, how he might be feeling. I mean, it's wild. Like we're on vacation together for the first time. You know, we've, we've been on like weekend trips, but we're here for 10 days. We've never done anything like this. We normally, if you listen to the podcast, know we have a ton of spaciousness between us, um, normally physical space. And we see each other a couple times a week. And then we, you know, we have a lot of selfhood time. So it's been really fascinating to watch some of my um, habits of externalizing myself into him happen on vacation because we're together all the time, right? So there's a lot more opportunity to be like, I wonder (laughs) what he's thinking. And I wonder if he's satisfied with this trip we just took to this island or this, you know, this beach or whatever. Like, I wonder if he's wanting something different than what we're doing. I wonder um, if he wants to have sex or not, I wonder, you know, all these things like, sh- and should we, you know, should we be having more fun than we are? Like, should we be having more sex? Than we are? Should we be doing, you know, should, are we doing it right? Wow. Like, am I doing yeah. it? And, um, I just really feel like we, we've talked about this before, but every time I remember it, I have this like light bulb go back on in my head that anxiety occurs when I am not inside of myself, when I'm outside mm. of myself, trying to manage anyone else's experience, 
I become anxious because it's impossible to manage anyone else's experience. Actually, it's actually not possible to make someone feel anything to make them feel better. It's not possible even to really, you know, fully to, to the depth that they know themselves to know how they're doing or to be able to predict how they're feeling or what they want. Like that's actually impossible. So I'm not focused on myself and my own sovereignty. I feel incredibly anxious because I'm taking on an impossible task that won't actually work. And it it won't bring me what, you know, the safety and security that I'm looking for. Right. So I feel like to be able to um, have that tool of like, you know, coming back to myself. So I would say if, if we're looking at in practical terms, um, you know, one opportunity to practice this, because I feel like all of these infinite relating tools are just practices that we try to add into our life. You know, it's not something that's black and white. Like I moved to a new town is pretty concrete. Like I used to live here and now I live here. (laughs) So that's done. And there's not a lot of discussion of how to do that. You did it, you know, but infinite relating, I feel like is a process, right? It's not like, okay, we chose an infinite relationship and now that's it's over it's like the whole the whole thing is doing it right the whole thing is yeah yeah I think it's what makes it so much more unique because it is a dynamic process it's not a set of a set of set in stone rules yeah exactly yeah so I think like you know one opportunity that I could think of and then I'd love to hear what you think is like anytime I'm feeling any amount of discomfort in my relationship about my, about my relationship to bring the focus back to myself. That would be like the first place that I would start because that discomfort is often a sign that I'm, that I'm not thinking about myself and that I've forgotten my sovereignty and that I've forgotten this, this number one important piece of infinite relating and of a successful relationship for Bez at least, which is (laughs) keeping the focus on me, what I want, what's going on for me, what my fears are, you know, what my questions might be for myself and not about my partner. And that, that clue is discomfort for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, if you're having some of that discomfort, you're having these questions, like, what is my partner wanting? Is he wanting something more fun or stimulating? Is he wanting more sex? And coming back and just like, ask yourself those questions. Like, am I wanting something more exciting going on right now? Am I wanting more sex or am I wanting to relax and chill? Like, I think that's really it is just like turning that that inquiry because the inquiry is great but it's just it's outwardly focused when really it needs to be inwardly focused and so and you can ask yourself those questions and as and and it's we take it for granted like but we're still getting to know this person that we are and Mm -hmm. so you get to ask yourself says do you want more sex right now should you be initiating something should you be asking for something or not should you but could you Mm -hmm. um be asking for something new and and i think that and then but even you connecting with yourself, it allows you to have this conversation with your partner where they get to, fe- they get to like respond to your authenticity. Right. Right. Yeah. And then I'm, co- I'm creating the relationship that I want and I'm showing up with my full self. And that's, that's, that's what makes it work. You know, other, yeah. that's, that's what makes um, me be able to get what I need and want from the relationship. But also it gives my partner someone to relate with, you know, right. and we've talked a lot about that in past episodes and with each other in this process of infinite relating that when I'm f- so focused on my partner and, you know, trying to predict and manage for, for safety, you know, that's the reason we do all these things. And it's very, it's very understandable, lovable and sweet even that like, you know, our innocent, um, 
like very vulnerable selves that that we reveal in intimate relationships are just like, how can I make this safe? You know, I, I'll predict it, I'll manage it, yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure he's happy or she's happy or they're happy. I'll, you know, I'll do all this orchestration. Um, and we talk about how when we do that, we actually can't, re- we're actually not relating with each other. <laughs> like I'm not here yeah. to relate with. And, he, and I'm not really relating with him. I'm relating with my idea of what he might be thinking, feeling, wanting, or being, you know? So there isn't a real relationship going on, which also is very scary. It's all happening in my head, you know? And so then <laughs> that, that all kind of compounds, um, you know? Yeah. And, I, and, it, and it feels really good to speak to the other side. Like when my partner is, at, is coming to me from a space of their authentic need, des- needs, desires, wants, Mm-hmm. that I feel the difference in the energy even if I don't even if I don't understand these principles or I've never studied them like you feel that difference so when my partner comes to me with like true desire that feels really good and and there's a part of me that wants to respond and say yes to that when they come to me with more of a uh, appease and caretaking energy because they're trying to guess yep. like my system doesn't relax to that right you know, so, so we're, we're really by take like the best way to take care of our partners, the us and ourselves is, is this check-in, is this continuous staying, staying connected to ourselves and what we're wanting and needing. Oh my God, totally. Yeah. That is so, that's such a good point that when presented with that kind of inquiry or, or lack of inquiry from a partner that's making predictions, trying to manage me you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good for me either. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't make me feel safe as a partner when someone treats me that way. So that's so awesome. And I think that, you know, this brings us to our next kind of, of the, you know, tip of like, how do I actually apply infinite relating to my relationship? Because what I find, and maybe it's just me, but maybe other people relate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think it's a universal. (laughs) So when I take that moment, okay, so let's say I'm feeling uncomfortable or something's going on in my relationship. I notice that I'm, you know, behaving in ways that aren't totally satisfying for me. So I'm going to do move number one, which is bring the, bring my attention back to myself, ask myself, you know, what do I want? What do I need? How am I feeling, you know, about this? Yeah, Even just take a moment, feeling. Like, you know, what's my body feeling? Like, what, what sensations yeah. do I notice inside my body? Sometimes for me, when I do that, my initial feeling is just like blankness. Like I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. I'm I'm not used to doing that. Um, it's so much easier because of our training, you know, especially as like women type people, but I think this can go for all genders to be externalized where, you know, my focus is on watching like the micro nuances of his behavior to try to guess how he's feeling about me and whether this is <laughs> That is right. like my training as a person, you know, from, from growing up and like, you know, it's everything we see is like, is your partner happy? You know? So when that spotlight gets turned inward, there can be almost this kind of blank stunned feeling for me of like, almost panic. Like, I don't know how to know that. Mm. It's not to turn my attention towards myself. Um, yeah. I do, I'm going to find something really ugly that I don't want to see about myself. I'm going to, yeah, like it's, it can be scary for some of us to look inside. Right. And so I think that brings us to this second point that, you know, when we were talking about this before we started recording, I was really moved by what you were saying, Freya, it really impacted me in a very helpful way, which is yeah. to eliminate, eliminate criticism and replace criticism with curiosity. And that goes, yeah. for us. that goes for ourselves too. So Absolutely. instead of just, 
you know, and we can talk maybe more in a second about why that's so important with a partner to, to eliminate criticism in an infinite relationship. So many reasons. But just to go from this, because I do think these really go together, like, okay, I, I've, I'm anxious or I'm uncomfortable or I'm noticing a pattern or a rut. Let's say I'm in a rut. I take the attention from my partner back to myself and then it's like blackout. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's white out. I don't, I've been numbing myself with food and alcohol and social media, like in everything possible to keep myself safe. Now I don't know what it feels like inside here. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that one, you know, in this eliminate criticism and replace it with curiosity being the number two thing, that also applies to me. You know, I think it was, it can be easy for me to think, oh, I understand why criticizing my partner is so costly, but how much I do that with myself too, especially in these moments where my nervous system is uncomfortable and I don't know why, you know, I'm I'm externalized, yeah. I'm hyper-focused, I'm trying to predict or, or I'm avoiding or, you know, whatever my pattern is. Um, yeah, to just really replace, like to really, like, yeah, apply that lack of criticism to myself. <laughs> like, there's nothing I'm feeling that's wrong. You know, there's nothing yes. that could happen in this body that even would be wrong. You know, that, yeah. What's happening, right? Just that, I mean, that's that, I think that was like our aha moment before the, the call is, is I have all these uh, the solutions and um, protective mechanisms to take care of myself and to fix this, but. But because I'm trying to get away from something inside myself that feels feels wrong or it feels right. uncomfortable. And so I yeah. make it wrong. So I'm like, this couldn't possibly be true. But yeah. if I can get all of that out of my way and just go, whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm feeling is true. It couldn't possibly be wrong. Yeah. Like the amount of grace that gives to create a space for inquiry. Yeah. Like now I can look at, okay, so this isn't wrong. So I'm going to get that judging voice. I'm going to shove her to the back. And what, what am I feeling? What is this discomfort? What, what does it feel like I said in my body first? What does it feel like in my system? And then, and then kind of be like, what, well, what are you, what are you telling me? And if it's something I don't like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm working. This is new. I mean, like, I, I'm trying to sit with it. Like, why, why do I have resistance to this feeling or sensation? Yeah. Um, yeah scary about it or what it feels like it's not aligned with something that I think maybe I should believe in yeah but that that but I, the first thing I have to do is allow myself to, to not be wrong like like whatever I'm feeling is absolutely true and right yes right yeah and when I was I took notes on this because often when even when Frey and I are talking or I'm talking with another friend I'll have an aha moment and I'll be like, I have to write that down. And I'll go to my <laughs> notes. I really appreciate it. And I write down the most simple stuff. Like I remember one time talking to a friend and they were like, it's okay to say no. And I was like, whoa, I need to write it I was like, I just forget that. Like in the, when the <laughs> moment is there, like, I don't remember that. That's okay. Like, it's so simple, you know, like I am, I am sovereign, right? Bring the attention back to myself. It's like, oh fuck, like, right. Okay. So, you know, yeah, it's okay to say no to anyone and everyone. Yeah. For, for any reason. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's healthy even. It can be healthy even. What I wrote down with this essential. one was that, you know, my, my nervous system is never wrong. And this would go for my partner too. You know, my partner's nervous system, yeah. the feelings they're having are never wrong. Um, but the story I make up about what my nervous system is telling me is often wrong. So it's often inaccurate. Yeah. Right? My nervous system yeah. is going off about something. Um, you know, it's giving me those feelings of wanting to run or of 
wanting to manage or of wanting to hide or wanting to, you know, yeah, or whatever contraction, yeah, or yeah, yeah, contract or like go out there and try to fix something, whatever it is. My nervous system is is going off for a specific reason, but for me, often that reason is not accurate, you know, because for some of us, um, the unilateral reason is like he doesn't love me anymore, (laughs) and like. I can interpret most things to mean that if I'm, you know, my nervous system can get really creative and be like, I'm having a feeling, I'm uncomfortable. It must mean he doesn't like me anymore. You know, that's like such a go-to. Or it must mean there's something wrong with me. That's another really big go-to one for me. It must mean I'm unsafe in this relationship. It must mean he's not good enough for me or that I'm not good enough for him. Or, you know, we make up all these stories. And so I think that, you know, this, this number two here, which is like eliminate criticism of self and other and replace it with curiosity. Like that's the part I honestly feel like Freya, you're really good at. And I hear you bring to the conversation with me often and on the podcast is like, how we approach these difficult conversations that we have with our beloveds and our kids and people we care about with curiosity rather than coming in with my sort of blame story or victim story or whatever, where it's like, okay, there's a major problem. Yeah. 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 I think that, I think the essential thing is like what I'm noticing, which, which we lose when we are projecting our ideas of who someone is in a relationship or even our projection of our own story of who we are, who we've been our whole life. Like we're really missing the opportunity to get enough to get to know ourselves and our beloved. And what I have been learning has been so healing and enriching for me in my relationship with myself and my beloved is is this curiosity of like oh what is this here to tell me about myself or oh what are they feeling and experiencing that become my story yeah that I yeah that I oh there goes my head (laughs) um so it's it's this new exciting process Mm -hmm. Of, of of discovery of myself of my beloved and it's ongoing it never never ends because we are not static beings yes exactly right which is what makes it interesting and ironically I mean this is just so funny to me but I do this too and I think a lot of us do is like the thing that makes relationships exciting which is I don't really know. I, I'm getting to know this person you know I don't have all the yeah. answers like we're having fresh the mystery Right. There is a mystery. There is a discovery. There's there's new new experiences. You know, I think that one of the things that couples who've been together a long time might um, want or that I wanted when I've been in long term relationships that I've missed is that feeling of like, oh, we're in a rut and we want something fresh and we want something new. You know, I want to feel that aliveness again. I want to feel that like sense of discovery with each other again. Um, right. Yet, yet we often or I often I'll say for myself, like, can do the opposite thing of what will bring that feeling. <laughs> you know, what brings that right. feeling is I don't actually know why I'm feeling this way. I don't actually know why my partner's feeling the way they are. I, you know, I have my right. that I could jump to to try to like get myself some safety by jumping to conclusions, you know, right away instead right. of staying open and really being in a new process of like, okay, my partner's expressing some discomfort. And I wonder what's going on for them. I, I feel my curiosity activate about, you know, how, how might they have changed? Like, what might they need? Like, I, I wonder why, yeah. they, I wonder if this has something to do with their past. I wonder if they want to update some of our agreements or some of the 
like they're 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 exploring something new and like I want to ask them questions about this so that I can get to know them better who they as who they are today you know in this moment and what's going on for them and do yeah I think that sorry yeah I think that's really huge too because like I've especially been noticing like you know, we meet, we're meeting people as adults for wherever, whatever age we are. And there's this entire rich history of who they are that is affecting how they navigate the world, how they perceive the world. And we only have the snapshot of who we're with. And it's really easy to be like laser focused on the snapshot and think we have an idea of how they're going to respond or even how we're going to respond without realizing their entire history informs it. And so even if we've been together for, you know, 10, 20 years, there's there there's this whole developmental stage of their life that we weren't a part of that like we get to continually know how it affects the way they navigate the world and i think staying in connection with that like wow i i will never mm-hmm. i will never get to the bottom of the like the depth of the well of this person and i uh, you know like so just staying with that curiosity of like wow i wonder why they're responding this way i wonder if something from their relationship with a, you know a parent or a good friend or a cousin like any of it like all of that affects and it's like this it can be such a beautiful gift to get to discover all of these like little crevices of each other. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's like, it's, it's really why we're here, you know, on the one hand, relating fun. And yet, like I was saying before, for me, I just catch myself all the time, like kind of bypassing that and trying to go for control instead of curiosity. And that doesn't satisfy me. And I think I'd love to hear from you too about, you know, you talked about how Lee has said, you know, this is the least criticized I've ever felt in a relationship before with you in his relationship with you and some of the importance too of, of, um, you know, not criticizing our partners. And I think especially as women in heterosexual relationships, that's like a very classic trap that people fall into is like, right. He feels like he can never do it right. She feels like he's an idiot. I mean, this is like <laughs> talking openly about how men are idiots, which is so sad, you know? And that Yeah, and we're taught to train even... them. Like yeah. we're supposed to train them how to be a good partner. Totally. Um, and not really in a very loving way. In a like you're wrong and I'm gonna fix you up. Yep. Um it, yeah, and yeah. And to get what we want or to, yeah. to to like backhandedly communicate desire. I mean, I think that's really what it is. I think that's it. Yeah. A backhanded way to communicate because it feels like a less threatening, a less confrontational way to communicate Mm -hmm. our desire, but really it doesn't feel good on either end. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, it's been really great feedback. Um, and to, to, from Lee to say like, he's like, I never feel wrong and that he's never felt that before. And for me to notice like that, actually I started noticing that I was like, yeah, cause, cause he's, because it's from a place of inquiry, he couldn't be wrong. Instead, it's like, oh, well, you know, why is he behaving the way that makes me feel this in my body? Or why, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what is the story behind it? So it never, like, getting to know, he couldn't possibly be wrong because it's just him being him. It's like him experiencing himself. So my inquiry is like, okay, who are you and why does it work this way? And how does that feel in my system? Mm. And then I get to share, like, oh, well, this part, like, even this week, I was like, something felt something didn't feel good in my, in my system. And I don't even necessarily know why. And to be able to go into it and say like, okay, well, you're not, you didn't do anything wrong and you're not wrong. And my, my feeling isn't wrong, Mm. but somewhere where these two meet, there's something like that's scratching on something. And, and ultimately what I was able to discover 
is it, it was scratching on my insecurity because I was really stressed out about actually my my role as mom right now. Like that's been really intense this week. And so it had nothing to do with the partnership, but because of just like yeah. that I would you know, I was I was in a really tender space, it made something that was like a normally a really sweet, beautiful interaction, um, just feel some feel challenging. Yeah. And I, there's so many ways I could have projected, like you did this thing and it made me feel awful. Mm-hmm. But that isn't that doesn't feel like truth. And it doesn't feel like it would have been a helpful way for me to even discover what was going on in my system. Yeah. It just feels like it blocks the inquiry and growth for both of us. And so me saying that he's never wrong sounds like this gift that I'm extending to him, but ultimately it's the most compassionate thing I can do for myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I want to hear more about that. Well, I feel like it's, so there's, there's, if, if there's no wrong, there's, but there are things that are aligned. Yeah. So if he's always act, like if he feels safe to always be authentic, then that creates more trust and more safety. Like, I know I'm going to always get this authentic person because he's not having to like figure out, oh shit, did I do this thing wrong? And now she's wanting me to behave this way. Right. So right. I'm creating the safety for both of us. Like we're both, we're both free to be our fully authentic self. I know it's not going to be wrong. And I know if something comes up that feels, you know, off in my system or in his system, we're going to share it with each other. And, and it, it, it informs us like how to be co-creative to move forward together. And it also is my, my information. Like I, like I've seen this in, in other relationships or I've done this in other relationships. Um, he's wrong. So I have to tell him how to fix it to be right. So then I can stay with him. But yeah, that like contorts both of us. And sometimes maybe I, maybe this is informing me that I do need a little bit of more spaciousness. And maybe it's just in this part of our relationship. Maybe it's just in the way we interact this one certain way, or maybe it's because maybe it is my truth is that I need to not be in this type of partnership anymore with this person. But if I'm denying it or in projecting it and making it him, I never, I lose my power to own my experience. Mm. Yes. I think that that feels so foundational for infinite relating for me as well, that reality that if someone, someone can't do, they they can't um, do anything sort of universally wrong, but they can right. do things that consistently don't align with my values or what I want to experience. And right. there may be a natural sort of turning away from that because I don't, I don't like that, you know, like, right. yeah. it, you know, over, repeatedly in a way that really doesn't work for me. Um, that is just really good information about like, if they're, if they're in their most sovereign state doing, doing one thing and I, in my most sovereign state don't enjoy that thing, then yeah, (laughs) it's not that one of us is wrong. It's just that that might be, that might be a sign of something wanting to shift. And I think that's brought me a lot of safety in my relationship with Max too, where it hasn't been this game of, again, trying to predict like, is it working? Is it not? Like, is this going to last? Is it, is it, is it ending soon? Right. Where are we going? You know, all these questions, um, you know, is he good enough for me? Um, all these things, you know, is he yeah. the ways that, that show that he's a good person for me or, you know, good partner, um, all these kind of predictions as opposed to just being present with, you know, we, we take it one instance at a time. And I think yeah. that, that's another really foundational infinite relating thing that actually does tie into our third, our third um, tool today. Yeah. Our third tool today. 
which I am going to move us to because we are doing this over Zoom and we have a time limit here for our <laughs> <laughs> So it's a little different than normal, but we do get 40 minutes. Um, and yeah, and that is to, you know, the third thing that we would suggest doing to the current relationship you're in, in particular, if you're currently in a relationship and you're really wanting to apply infinite relating is to question, question the rules or agreements that you've made Mm. see if they actually align with you or not because like we talk about over and over and like you and I have both you know discovered through this process I don't know what percentage it is but it's a, a large percentage of the relationship things <laughs> I do without thinking aren't actually things I want you know like we're supposed to yes. we're supposed to share money in this certain way we're supposed to have sex within a certain amount of time or a certain number of times we're week. supposed to go to each other's work parties like there's so <laughs> many little things that yes right don't feel true big yep big yeah. small. like oh it's been a year <laughs> we should get married and if he hasn't gotten me if he hasn't proposed to me that means you know he's not he's not going to commit and your girlfriends are like ditch him you know like all these, right. all these things that we that we think that we think we should want because that's what we've been taught a relationship right. is. And I right. think those rules are are probably the the more difficult thing, one of the more difficult things that a couple an established couple will contend with as they yes. try to fold infinite relating into their relationship. Yeah. And I think it can feel threatening. I just I mean I was, you know, in a a marriage for like um for over a decade and and it could be very threatening just to feel your partner ask for a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you kind of, because you just kind of get, you've, you've established these rules, you've established the way things are, and anything outside of that feels really threatening. Yeah. And so if you can use the other tools of like staying connected to self, not making each, yourself or each other wrong, and you can come to each other in this way of like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I desire. Here's my curiosity about your experience. You can you can invite each other to investigate these rules without necessarily, again, without like saying like, this is wrong or you're wrong or I was wrong, but just saying like, hey, does this, like when we feel into this, does this really represent us? Yes. Does this really represent what what we want or what I want and what you want going forward? Um, right. Yeah, I think it was a gentle way to enter into these conversations in a longer term without making the other person feel defensive or, th- or threatened. Totally. And I think that it's so important to realize or for me to share that, um, you know, through the process of questioning all the rules, it may be that some of them that are more culturally traditional mm. really likes. You know, I remember when I first learned about polyamory like a, a while, you know, decades ago and having kind of an aha moment where I was like, oh, it's not that monogamy is wrong at all. You know, there's some books yeah. out there you know, like Sex at Dawn and other things that really do look at our kind of slutty, (laughs) non-monogamous groups as humans, that someone could, you know, argue like humans evolved not being monogamous or blah, 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 you know, whatever there's, but that aside, there's nothing wrong with any relationship style. The part that started bothering me is that I wasn't inquiring about what actually worked for me. Like mm. monogamy is not wrong at all. It's wonderful, but it's but yeah. it might not be the thing that someone wants. But we're so conditioned to want it or to think that that's the only option. But that to me is the sad part. And I think it's the same thing with all of these kind of relationship norms. Like, yeah, moving in together, like you're saying, going to each other's work functions. Like when they feel obligatory because that's what we're supposed to do. That right. really 
ultimately like sucks the life out of out of me as an individual and out of our relationship and gives me more of like a cookie cutter standard relationship of how it should be and it might look good from the outside and he might show up at all the work functions and you know they have these they have this seemingly very cohesive you know appropriate proper relationship (laughs) right they're like dying and I think we've both relationships that look so many I feel like so many people that is such a common story. We're in the successful relationship. We did it. We got married. We had the kids. We got the help, whatever. Yeah. But we're dying inside because it's not authentic to who we are. It's We did all the things that we were supposed to do for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Our friends think we have a great relationship. I look. It looks really good on paper. It looks really right. good on social media. Yeah. It does not feel good inside. Yeah. So maybe a good place to start this inquiry with your partner, if you're in an existing relationship and you want to add some infinite relating to it, is to question a rule that you have or an agreement that you have that you think you might even want to keep. So yeah. maybe don't start with one that's super sweaty. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't start with conversation those. Number one, be like, I'm interested in polyamory or like, I'd like to move out and live in separate houses, you know, something that's great. <laughs> but instead pick one that you've both sort of fallen into um, that is maybe habituated or some, you know, a gender norm or, you know, something like that. Like she, let's just use that as a random example, you know, to really start to look at, um, is this something, here's something we've fallen into. Here's kind of a rule that we've made either consciously or unconsciously a habit. Like, do we like this habit or not? Like, does this actually, is this, does this make our souls come alive? Like, are we satisfied here? Like, is there something more that we want do we want to shift things up? Like, has this been bothering you and you haven't told me, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I love that idea of that really small thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, that's traditional to get some practice um, at how this feels. Yeah. I'm even thinking like, especially for people who have kids, like there's so many different parts of the way we, you know, care for our children and nurture them. You could, you could break down just like a small chunk of like, you know, who picks them up at, at school or whatever, like each little piece Mm-hmm. You could just feel into like, yeah, does this actually work for us? Or is this just something we've automatically done? Now the person who's doing it is resentful and the person who's not, you know, is not mm-hmm. doing it is completely unaware, but actually wouldn't mind doing it at all. Like right. there's so many ways to, yep. uh, yeah, to just align with your truth in, in a more fulfilling way together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's so, and I, I think the last thing I want to say in our remaining minutes here is that you know, we've had a couple of experiences and I don't think we have time to go into them. Freya and I, you and me, mm-hmm. we can another time just where we've been talking about infinite relating and like, how do we steward this body of work forward? Um, and realizing that, you know, one of the most powerful things for me in, in terms of interpersonal relationships is realizing that we can take it case by case. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be unilateral. Like often our culture is sort of geared towards making rules that last, you know, that endure the distance, you know, till death do us part or like one way with money or with sex or with the kids, it has to be like that forever. And really realize that like, we can just take a moment, we can take it case by case and try it and then come back together and see how it went. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think like one of the other things I want to keep that keeps coming up is this idea of processing these small things at first feels like, oh my God, that's so much work is processing. But when you really get into it and you come at it from these angles, it it's really feels like a, a deepening and in intimacy yeah. in the relationship. 
-hmm. and it does it doesn't feel like work when when you're doing it from a place of I'm connected to myself and I'm curious about me and I'm curious about you um yeah it the energy of it yeah the intimacy is is what we want and I think we're about to get off so I think we should say goodbye for now love all right so good to see you so good to see you too (laughs) and so good to be back here with everyone listening Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite relating.love and stay infinite.